We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much, so many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. everyone, my name is Kevin Rorty. I'm with Soka, or Souls of the Christian Apostolate, and I'm here with Father Anthony Marie uh, from the Fraternity of St. Vincent Ferrer in France. And uh, Father, if you could start us in a prayer, I'd love to get going. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccas vadibus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Beate Pater Noster, Dominici, ora pro nobis. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Well, I'm very happy to be joined by you, Father. Um, for those of you who don't know, I run this apostolate in the United States, Soka. It's based on the interior life, the book, The Soul of the Apostolate, and we're trying to help spur renewal in the church through the interior life. But a lot of that formation came from when I was discerning with the Fraternity of St. Vincent Ferrer in France. Um, and instead of me talking a whole lot about it, I'll let Father, I have some questions for him, to introduce them to the English-speaking world and some of the big projects that they have um, and the situation that they are facing today. Um, but first, you know, as you could probably hear, uh, they're from France, uh, Father's even your Latin accent, Father, I don't know if you realize, but the, the French have corrupted you. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, France is, uh, uh, we, we say, uh, the, the, the eldest uh, daughter of the church. And so um, the French are very proud of that, of course, the French Catholics. But it's, it's true in the sense that um, uh, there is a special mission which God has, has given to every nation. And, um, and maybe one of the missions which is, is given to France is to, to be a great Catholic country or to, now that it's not anymore such a great Catholic country, to again be kind of a, a beacon for, for other nations. Um, and we've seen that at least in the traditional, um, in the traditional movement. Yeah, you know, in the United States, there's been a lot of uh, push for things that are more reverent, more traditional and all. And I think a lot of us have a certain nostalgia thinking of Christendom in the past and France sort of being an emblem for that. Yes. Um, could you talk a little bit about the Dominican charism in particular, or the charism of the Fraternity of St. Vincent Ferrer and its spirituality? So St. Dominic was uh, a, a, a Spaniard um, in the, at the end of the 12th century, uh, thir uh, 13th century, he, uh, beginning of the 13th century. And he, he realized uh, that one of the greatest mercy one, one could do to, to fellow uh, uh, human beings was the mercy of, of uh, um, telling the truth and preaching the truth, especially revealed truth, um, the gospel of uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, a truth that saves. Uh, and so uh, out of love and charity for his uh, neighbor, uh, St. Dominic, uh, seeing uh, heresy all over the south of France, uh, which, uh, I mean, he, he, during a trip, he, 
he traveled in the south of France at the time in the, in, in the Middle Ages, and he realized that uh, all the damage that was being done by unorthodox teachings and um, cults and uh, uh, the um, uh, Cathars, who were kind of a, a heresy, worse than a heresy, a cult. And so uh, all these people were uh, in danger. Their, 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 uh, their souls were in danger. And so he felt a great uh, duty to um, teach them the truth, the truth that saves. So that's the beginning of, of uh, St. Dominic's uh, uh, vocation. And then, uh, well, he, he, he realized it was necessary not, not to be alone, but to found uh, an order which would be dedicated especially to, to teach uh, the truth, uh, to um, um, not only to teach it in a, in a professional way, uh, if you like, um, um, but um, to, to, to make people love the truth. And the truth is not only um, uh, um, a set of, of, uh, of, um, of doctrines, but it's also a person. Uh, as our Lord has said, I am the truth. So um, uh, yeah. the, the goal is not only to teach, but to, to make truth loved, to, to make people love truth and, and let themselves be saved by the truth, which is normal for uh, human beings who are intelligent uh, beings. And it's normal that our... our um, our soul should be saved through truth because we're intelligent. Yeah, you know, and you talk about saving. I think that's a notion that a lot of modern men today don't even really have a concept of. They may know that there's depression and misery, but a lot of them are very distracted. Can you elaborate a bit what you mean by saved? Well, uh, I think still most people have a, a kind of, a, they, they still have a conscience and they know that there is good and evil. And, um, they they must know or at least feel in a, some distant way that they that they have sinned or that not not everything is going right in in them and so uh, when one is really um, uh, when one frankly uh, looks at oneself one should should realize that one is in need of being saved and that one can and that you cannot save yourself by yourself by your own forces I mean because sin is too deeply rooted inside our hearts so we need the Creator. Uh, our Lord, the G God himself, to come and save us. Nobody else can. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that, 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 that when you're right, when people actually come to look at themselves, uh, they, they realize there's a deep, deep problem that they need help from outside of themselves. And so that, that leads me to the next point I want to get to, uh, and something that was deeply formative for myself when I was there, I was learning about this notion of baptism and the life of grace. I know this is a pretty central theme, especially in the Dominican school for the past couple centuries. Could you elaborate, what is the life of grace? How does that tie into being saved and the truth? It's a huge question, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, but thank you very much for, for asking it. Um, but the, the first aspect is, uh, is that grace uh, is, is, is totally free. Gratuitous. I don't know how you say it in, in English exactly. Yeah, it's, gratuitous. It's not something that you can earn by your 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 own efforts. I mean, it's it's given. So um, uh, so that's that's the the, the important thing. It's not uh, we're not Pelagian. I mean, we know that uh, our our uh, that we need a savior, and it's we're not going to save uh, ourselves uh, all all alone. And uh, so um, the life of grace is uh, also. Uh, so that's the first uh, aspect. And the, the second aspect is that grace is a participation of, uh, divine, of the divine nature. Um, 
our uh, God uh, um, became a man, um, incarnated, incarnated, and uh, the the Lord incarnate, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, came to us so as to give us a participation to uh, divine life. So the life of grace is um, taking part in the life of God. So it's something, in fact, really um, uh, very impressive to think that God can actually um, let us take part in his own intimate life. Uh, and in that way, we really become sons of God. We uh, really receive something divine in us, a divine force, a divine uh, quality, which uh, um, is bestowed upon our soul. And so um, not only uh, does, does that happen, but then there's a third aspect, which is that God himself, which was already present as a creator inside our, 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 our being, becomes more present or becomes present in a new way by uh, inhabiting, uh, being in our soul as, in, as if he were at home. And so we start living a life of friendship with, uh, um, with uh, God, God himself. We, are, um, we become uh, his own apartment. And he is the uh, he is the, the Lord of our soul. And so this is very interesting. Uh, some, somebody is, is, has, is saving us, and not only saving us, he, he wants to live as a friend, as the closest uh, person, so close that he's in, in the innermost of our soul. Yeah, and I, I mean, it, every time I hear it, it just, uh, it, it captivates me. And I think it really ties into what you were saying about you know, people are lost today. And, but when they really come down to facing themselves, they see there's something there. I remember hearing from the great theologian, Gergou Lagrange, or reading him saying that the interior life is sort of like when you're alone in a, in a room by yourself. What is the conversation that is going on in here? Can you explain how that's tied in with this, this indwelling of, of God in the soul? Thank you for the word, indwelling. Um, well, Garigou reflects on uh, maybe people uh, who are in a, in a bus or uh, in a public transportation, and he, he compares... Um, uh, the saint uh, or the good Christian with uh, someone who is more mundane or, or less uh, or less good Christian, and uh, so 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 this, this this sinner he's worrying he's talking to himself he's having a, a conversation with himself about he's worrying about his um, his different uh, um, maybe his job his his problems his uh, his own selfish uh, little interests, um, and whereas the saint. Uh, he's also uh, having an inner conversation, but that inner conversation is being held with God himself. He is talking to God. He is having that um, familiarity, which uh, we um, discover in the book of Genesis, you know, in the, in the, the garden uh, of, of Eden, where um, Adam and Eve were, were in, they were talking to, to God in that, in that garden that, uh, in paradise. And, uh, so, um, 
so I think uh, what what we want it's it's the goal of the spiritual person is to be able to ha to have God present in such a way that he is always able to talk to God in a reverent but also in a very familiar way and never to lose that presence or to lose it the least possible so that's that's a difficult goal but i think it's a very noble goal and it's a beautiful goal because uh, once we're all once we're we're, we're, we're with the god which is which is the, the the most important person in the in the universe of course and the, our best friend and the most powerful the the most beautiful and infinitely uh, um, lovable person and he's loving us in an infinite way i mean how can we not be uh, supremely happy and and totally satisfied so that's why the saints are, are so happy because they're 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 talking to their best friend and who is mm. who is the best person god that's amazing you know and I, to tie this all together we talked about the dominican charism the preaching of the truth that saves and then we talked about the life of grace as saving our souls god comes to dwell in us saving us from sin allowing us to go into eternal life in heaven with him and then we talked about you know the interior life being that conversation with that friend who dwells in us, the familiarity with God who's allowing us to enter into his family, you know, familiarity family. There's a, there's a resonance there. Yes, yes, yes. And I wanted to cover that all before we dive into the liturgy, because it's, I think it's really key to be able to see amidst the beauty and the grandeur of the ancient liturgy, there's a, there's a mystical reality we should be striving for, you know? So uh, to, to continue that, that line of thought could you talk about the ancient liturgy and the spirituality of it um just in general and also particularly with the dominican rite just some what are some of the major themes um especially for those that may not be familiar with it um about uh, well traditional liturgy i think uh, uh, to tie it to what you just said is is uh, of course um well, there are, it's, there are very many aspects, but I, I could put a few forward. Uh, for example, I think um, it really uh, shows that Mass, the Holy Mass, is a sacrifice. Uh, sacrifice of our Lord himself, um, our Lord Jesus Christ on the altar. So, um, and this is very, very much, uh, very well um, shown by the, the ancient, the traditional liturgy. Um, I think better than in the in the in the new liturgy, and um, and the 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 reverence, the signs of reverence, the the sacrality. I don't know how you say that. Um, uh, uh, the sacredness. Sacredness. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the sacredness <laughs> of the right. Uh, uh, I like that word help, though. Uh, helps helps very much the priest, and I think also the the uh, the people uh, who who attend to the to, to the mass to enter into contemplation into contemplation of that mystery that uh, incredible mystery of of god himself the creator of the universe uh becoming flesh and uh, uh, becoming man and not only that not only saving uh, uh, uh mankind but saving mankind's capability of offering a sacrifice which can be um accepted by god it's so important that our, our sacrifice as a creature, as an intelligent creature, our sacrifice, which, which is due 
to the creator and, uh, and the Lord of the universe, that this sacrifice can be um, accepted. But we know it's not uh, something which uh, necessarily happens as in Cain and Abel, Abel hmm. uh, because uh, it, sometimes the sacrifice cannot be accepted because uh, we are sinners. And you cannot at the same time say thank you and uh, I love you and at the same time offend the person you are offering uh, a gift uh, to. So uh, uh, the Holy Mass uh, not only um, is a sacrifice, but is, a, is, is an incredible way by which our Lord offering as a human being a perfect sacrifice, perfectly acceptable by his Father, saved mankind's uh, capacity of offering a sacrifice agreeable to God. And so this is something uh, incredible. Uh, really, uh, our Lord wants to save us entirely. He, just, he, he doesn't want just to, to um, I don't know, to say, well, it's okay, I don't care uh, about what you do. No, he wants to save our, our own uh, uh, capacity of, of, uh, of, um, of praising him, of offering sacrifices. And uh, there's also a, an incredible mystery, I think, uh, which is very well shown in, in traditional liturgy, is um, the fact that our Lord really uh, wants to um, uh, be a man, is, is a man and God, human being and God. In traditional liturgy, the priest sometimes faces us, the, and sometimes he's facing, most of the time he's facing um, uh, uh, the, our Lord. He's facing God. So this really shows the, the two aspects of our Lord. He's uh, building a bridge which goes from mankind to God and also from God to mankind. And it's, it goes both ways. And so we can, and by contemplating, you know, the traditional liturgy, we really um, let the mystery of our salvation enter us. I think, in a beautiful way. Uh, real quick, could you just cover a bit about how the Dominican Rite is different? Uh, you know, people might not be familiar. There's over 20 rites that were kind of, what is it, codified at the Council of Trent. And the Dominican Rite was one of them. It's very similar to the traditional Latin Mass that most people are familiar with. But are there any um, essential differences that you would note? The, it's, it's, a, it's a variant of the Roman rite, but it's a kind of an, it's an, it seems to be, historians are not, they not, not all of them agree, so um, um, I can't be, I'm not an expert, and, and I think uh, experts, uh, scholars themselves would disagree on the interpretation, but what most people hold is that the, the Dominican rite is an earlier version of the Roman rite, mm -hmm. and probably the, the, the Roman rite, which used to be uh, celebrated in, uh, in, in Paris. Um, at the time, um, Blessed Humbert of Romance, uh, the master uh, general of the order, um, codified in the Middle Ages, in the uh, 14th, 14th century, uh, the uh, Dominican liturgy. And when St. Pius V, um, uh, after the Council of Trent, um, in fact, um, uh, codified the addition of the Roman rite, he, he uh, eliminated uh, m more recent uh, rites, which 
could have been infected by uh, heresy or or some Protestant uh, influence, but he um, he allowed all the rites which were uh, 200 years old at, at least, and so of course he had, he allowed um, the Dominican rite. Some uh, special things is uh, well we have this uh, altar uh, candle which is uh, lit during canon, uh, and uh, which uh, shows that our Lord is is going to be present and he's present at consecration. Um, also. Um, uh, the the solemn mass is is uh, is very beautiful. It it's very symmetric, and I think it it tends to show um, that uh, that there is a, a hierarchy, uh, there is a a great order in uh, all that uh, our Lord um, makes, and so it's a, it's a kind of a a, um, a symbol of God's wisdom um, in the symmetry and the elegance of the of the, the, the ceremonies. Um, what else can I say? I, yeah, I, I think that's all. One, one other thing that I remember uh, a lot was the, uh, the priest, um, yes. after, you know, the, the, the cruciform for right after the consecration, yes. right? Yes, you're right. You're right. That's very, that's very moving. Uh, yeah. Right after uh, consecrating uh, uh, the, the, the priest, uh, in fact, extends his, his, uh, his arms just like uh, Jesus Christ on the cross. So that's a very uh, uh, graphic way of, uh, of showing uh, what really happens. Uh, in fact, um, the priest is really, uh, becomes the instrument of Christ to uh, accomplish the sacrifice, which he himself offered uh, on the cross. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And so uh, one thing I want to tell everyone is that the Fraternity of Service of Frere, when I was there, they had a chapel that, was quite small um and since then they've built a church thanks be to god it's our lady of the rosary church and um they are now trying to uh fund an altar that they will have priests doing this on a daily basis at this altar where they do that cruciform where they are offering this holy sacrifice of the mass in the dominican rite i don't know any other communities that do the dominican rite exclusively and i'm a, i'm I'm told that at this altar, the, only the traditional rite is going to be offered at this altar. Um, could you talk a little bit about the importance of this altar for the community? Yes, it's very important because, um, um, well, first of all, because we, we need a, a beautiful altar to, um, to glorify God and, and especially to, to call the attention of, the, uh, of all the attendants to, to, to the, the central uh, 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 event uh, which happens at mass, uh, which is uh, the the sacrifice, and so of course this altar is uh, is um, uh, is uh, draws our attention, and also it also teaches because it's um, I'm reading here some some of the documents we wrote. I mean, it's uh, this master altar um, is in the lineage of historic medieval altars. It's a, a neo a neo gothic style. And it will also be a catechism in pictures, an altar that preaches, if you will, um, because uh, it will have uh, uh, it will have uh, pictures and sculptures of the mysteries of the rosary, uh, which can which will be able to be seen from far. So uh, this will really uh, this altar will be beautiful. It will praise the Lord, and it will it will it will also preach and help uh, teach. Uh, what is happening uh, 
the mysteries of uh, Jesus and Mary. Yeah, and I think one thing people might be wondering with all that we've talk, talked about, your charism, the traditions, the altar, the mass, is um, what, will, what, what will be happening with the fraternity given the state of things in the world and in the church when it comes to the old mass? I think a lot of people are familiar with Traditiones Custodes, and we're all wondering what's going to happen. Um, can you talk about your community's um, response and, and plans for going forward? Well, the, the plans for going forward is to, is to, is, is, is to go forward, um, in fact. So uh, because we don't know exactly what, what will happen, um, it, seems, uh, it seems there could be some restrictions, uh, but... Um, we are a very much um, uh, conscience, conscient of, uh, aware of our right to uh, celebrate uh, using uh, uh, the Dominican rite exclusively because uh, that was what the Holy See uh, uh, granted us at our foundation. So, um, of course, uh, um, we, uh, we are sure of, the, of, our, of our right to, to use these uh, liturgical books so we're not worried about that, and we don't think that the that uh, that the church wants to um, to change her uh, her mind, and the Holy See doesn't doesn't want to to, to really uh, substantially uh, change what it has promised. And so, um, and and of course, there's a, a, a maybe a more profound aspect which, which is not uh, special, especially uh, for us, but in general. Uh, the traditional liturgy it has a, a right by itself in itself to be to be used by uh, catholic priests uh, so um we're we're very uh, aware of that and we don't think uh, measures can really uh, um, uh, can be taken against that in a legitimate legitimate way mm -hmm. and uh, one thing that i i noted was you, you you've taken vows right, perpetual vows that in include the Dominican rite, if I'm not mistaken, that's a part of the vow. Is that right? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, we, uh, when you, in the vows, you, you vow according to uh, constitutions and a rule. So, um, so there's, and, and there's a kind of a, uh, a contract between you and the church, uh, which approves of the constitutions and which uh, lets you uh, um, uh, do those vows according to those uh, constitutions. So, um, uh, so in that way, of course, there's a, uh, the, the, the church uh, has um, uh, engaged uh, her, her word. So we're very confident, as I'm saying. Mm -hmm. We're very confident and, and, uh, and we, we've seen a lot of people uh, show their support, uh, uh, including uh, at the highest levels. So, uh, we're very confident. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, it's inspiring for us. Uh, you know, I, I, one thing that always struck me is I, I was trying to find a community that had the Dominican right. And this was the only one I could find in the world that had that, I know, daily, totally committed to it. I'm in full union with Rome. And um, so I hope that everyone sees the importance of a community like this, because this is, as Father was talking about, the graces that come from the Mass from the interior life that these brothers are trying to preach and practice 
um, the rarity of individuals who have dedicated themselves so entirely to these traditions of the faith. Um, I hope everyone sees the importance and prays for them, supports them in the ways that they can, whether it be financially or otherwise. Um, and, 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 and recognize we are in a war in, in the world today. And uh, we, need to, we, we need to take into account what the tools are for winning that war. So to recap, I think some of the things we talked about, Father, was the Dominican charism being, you know, preaching of the truth to, for the salvation of souls, yes, that indeed. salvation coming from the life of grace and, and God dwelling in our souls, practicing that through that interior conversation with him and in the sacred liturgy, the Holy Mass the traditional mass, very much exemplifying the sacrificial nature of our Lord in his life. Um, and then, you know, very practically for your community, having an altar to offer that sacrifice, offer that oblation, that thanksgiving, that praise to God with these traditions, the medieval tradition. I mean, it's just amazing to think this is happening right now. Um, and amidst, you know, what a lot of people perceive as you know, tumultuous times for communities like yourself, wondering, you know, what, what will happen in terms of, you know, the, the implementation of traditionus custodis. So um, I hope everyone sees the importance of that. Is there anything else you'd like to add as we recap all that, Father? I think uh, um, we, we didn't have time to talk about um, contemplation of the truth uh, through study. But um, sure. I think one of the, uh, an important aspect of Dominican life is, is also a study. Uh, every, I think every uh, Catholic has to be in some way a theologian. That doesn't mean you, ha you have to be an expert in theology or, or to, to read a lot of important books. That depends, of course, on, on, every, on, on your, your um, capabilities and your, your, the time you have and so on. But nobody can, um, no Christian can, cannot uh, love the truth. And so loving the truth means uh, being interested in the truth and studying it and, and you know, and, and studying the interior life, studying uh, um, the Bible, uh, the, the catechism and uh, the, the, you know, the mysteries that, that uh, our Lord has revealed us. One of the signs that, that God really wants to be our friend is that he, he, he told us about who he is, the Trinity. Uh, and that revelation is, is, is incredible. That really he wanted to share, uh, to share his 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 inner mystery, uh, which is uh, one one God in three persons. That's very uh, that's beautiful. So uh, let us um, uh, be interested also in the truth uh, that uh, our, our the Church, the Catholic Church, helps us learn and 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 contemplate it. And through that contemplation, that familiar contemplation, we will become better friends. Of, of God. Amen. That's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't have anything to add. Um, I just, I miss you all. And it's, it's great to catch up with you, father. Um, could you end us in a prayer? Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicuterat in principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Oh, I missed the French accent, Father. Thank you very much.